This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it. Creates and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win. Yankees win. All right, we're back, and we're coming off a two-game win streak, man. That's nice. What has it been? Two months? Jesus Christ. Welcome to episode 335 of the podcast. I am your host, RJ Carbone. Yes, welcome to BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too, on the weekends. Uh, we may have a, an MMA recap of 272, come, uh, UFC 272, coming up this weekend. So keep that in mind. I know I said I'd have one at the top of the week, but I've been busy slash unmotivated because there's been there there were so many good fights that I don't feel like going back and taking notes on all of them again. It's hard to remember so many of that. So much of that. But um for now, in this episode, we are sticking with the Knicks, episode three thirty five. Welcome to the show. I am your host, once again, RJ Carbone. Yankees episodes every uh series when they're in season. Thanks, Rob. Um, Nick's episodes every game, and again, MMA on the weekends. Episode 335, just said that for the third time. Oh, yeah, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, be sure to do that right now. You can find BD4 on many platforms. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, maybe Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Anchor, SoundCloud, many more listening platforms, and you can also watch the video format of BD4 on YouTube. So maybe if you want to subscribe there, you can do that. Or if you just want to stick to listening, make sure you subscribe and uh, give us a rating and a, ref- and a five star, a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and download these episodes. Share them with your friends on social media. If you want to follow me and my content pages on on social media, you can do that. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. So, as I am recording, it's Tuesday, March 8th, which should be the same time that I release this episode, um... You know, it'll be later in the night. I just got out of school, just finished up writing my assignments for work. And we are underway here. So let's get right into it. Let's discuss this latest Knicks victory against the Sacramento Kings to continue this West Coast trip. Seems like the hard parts could be eh, the hard part could be out of the way. Don't we have let's see who we have up next? I don't know. We'll figure that out another time. But, I mean, who cares? Hard, easy. We're all looking for a tank. <laughs> so, 
uh, it, it's, you know, we got two wins, so good for them. Uh, yeah, let's get to it. Head to our first break. When we get back, we will waste no further time. Hey, guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. So, yeah, like I said, the Knicks picked up their victory last night. Their second consecutive victory. Um, 135, I'm sorry, 131, 131 points. 131 to 115 in Sacramento, taking down the Kings. I think Fox led them with 23 points, but leading the Knicks was Randall with 46. We'll talk about it all. But it was this was a, a tale of two completely different halves. You know, you're looking at the first half, which was absolutely horrendous. The Knicks go out and score 48 points. They shoot 37% from the field, 21% from three. They had only four assists in the entire first half. And if you take RJ out of the equation, the team only had one assist in the first half. It was absolutely... I can't even find an an adjective strong enough to describe it um you know it made me want to jump off 10 cliffs and then do it again as opposed to watching that first half it was disgusting they had 16 fouls 16 fouls putting the kings on the line 21 times in the first half alone early on mitchell robinson who's been hot he gets into foul trouble the very first possession after the tip, he picks up a foul and Sabonis. And then not even two minutes later, around the 10-minute something mark, Mitch picks up his second. He comes off the floor. He ends up leaving the game, we find out, to a non-corona illness. Sims, Jericho Sims, who the first big to check in, he gets into foul trouble when he comes in. Sabonis is just bullying whichever big they put onto him. And the Kings open up to a 12-2 run, and Sabonis has nine of those points. Then Harrison Barnes starts to get hot, and the Kings go up 16 points entering the second quarter. I mean, the fouling, the slow play, there was just absolutely zero pace to this game when you look at all that. 
and the defensive intensity was not there. Nobody was getting out uh, onto the perimeter to contest. He had guys like DiVincenzo harming the Knicks in the second quarter from outside a couple of times, who Clyde, very Clyde-like name, nicknamed uh, Devo. And wow, I missed that. Because if you have not been following this podcast, I've been saying how I have to watch these uh, games on, like, since my Fubo subscription ran out, and I'm not going to pay $70 to watch this bullshit of a team play anymore. I'm just finding games online completely, completely legal and not illegal, okay? Um, and... So I haven't been able to watch them. Because when you watch them online, they only show, you know, on the website I'm watching on, they only show the home team feed. So I only get to hear the MSG broadcast when the Knicks are home. But last night, that changed because I, I made me an account for DirecTV. And I've, you know, at least I'm going to use the five-day trial. Because I don't want to pay that. It's also 70 bucks after that. So we'll see. I'm like, I'm hopping around right now. I have no home. Um, but it's good to hear Mike and Glide again. Tell you what, man. It's great to hear them. Um, but but like we were saying, uh, back on topic, none of the Knicks were playing well. None of their, to make it worse, none of their young players. Again, win-lose, I don't care. I just want to see the young players play well. But in that first half, none of the young players were really standing out either. So it was especially brutal. I mean, RJ was up and down. His touch was off. Um, the jumper was off, and the veterans like Burks and Fournier, the guard play was particularly awful. Those two guards in the first half combined to shoot two for 13. That's 15%. Terrible. You really just had Julius Randle keeping them in it in the first half, but even his first half makes came pretty ugly. You know, his shots were out of rhythm of the offense, and by the end of the first quarter, he he already had 14 field goal attempts. So whatever 14 times 4 was, that's what he was on pace for at the time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but the second half comes, and the tide changes. The Knicks are actually historically good, meaning they finished the second half with 83 points, which 44 came in the third, 39 in the fourth, which was the most second half points they scored since 1969. And it was the most points in a single half since 1988 for the Bockers. They shoot 70% in the second half, 61% from three, 93% at the line. That was a beautiful change. And 15 assists. And when you, when you consider, again, they only had one assist outside of RJ, four overall in the first half, having 15 in the second half is tremendous. So I thought that was one thing I kept an eye on was how much better they moved the ball. And right away, you can see, you know, um, Randall and Barrett finding the chemistry together. They were both getting to the hoop. Randall then started to find his jumper and exploded for 37 of his 46 points in the second half. Randall finishes uh, with a career high for points in a game. And a career high for three-point makes in a game. Eight for 16. So, 46 points, 10 rebounds, two assists. Thanks, pal, for busting the old parlay there. Uh, One steal and one block. RJ, 
finished with yet another 20-plus point effort. This time he goes for 29 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Shoots the ball 11 for 21 from the field, uh, 3 for 6 behind the arc, and 4 for 4 on his free throws. Emmanuel quickly was also good. We'll also touch on him in a second. He has been hot. He goes for 27 points on just 10 attempts. 70% shooting, 3 for 5 on his threes, 10 of 11 on the free throw line. Six more rebounds for quickly, four assists, and one steal. Um, I'll even throw in Old Man River, Taj, who contributed well in 26 minutes last night. Five points, eight rebounds, a steal, and three blocks. Deuce McBride, I'll even throw him in there. I liked what I saw from Deuce. But yeah, overall, the Knicks just tightened up. Thibodeau made some excellent adjustments with the rotation and the scheming. You know, doubling Sabonis and forcing him off the ball a lot in that second half. And they beat the pulp out of Sacramento despite being down, I think it was 20 points in the first half. You know, Tibbs must have ripped into him in the locker room or something. Randall must have remembered he was facing Sabonis, who... For, I mean, he absolutely takes this matchup personal every time. And he used that once again. Sabonis only finished with 19-13-5. and got ejected there at the end, made contact with an official. So we'll see how much that fine is. Um, or maybe it was the whole thing between, um, what's his, CP the franchise and Julius' wife on Twitter. Ridiculous. The whole That whole family is sensitive. I mean, they have no clue what it takes to be a star in New York City, do they? Oh, well. Oh, I can't wait till they're gone. Um, whatever it was, it worked. <laughs> it worked and it gave the Knicks the win. And most importantly, they they get the win behind some of their young players, right? R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and even Deuce McBride. And that's where I differentiate, again, from other Knicks fans when when it comes to playing the youth. You know, a lot of other Knicks fans want to simply play the youth, but it's never about the youth for them. It's just about getting another draft pick. For me, I don't care about getting that draft pick right now. If we win games with the young players, that's better to me than losing games here with the young players. I would love to see us win as long as it comes with the youth. I believe learning how to win is important. So if the young players can go out there and we start winning games, I'm not going to be pissed off and start talking about tank this, Jaden Ivey this, that. No, tie tie this. No, I'm happy if it if it comes again if it comes behind the hands of Barrett quickly McBride Reddish Toppin when they're healthy. You know all those young players and prospects and whatnot. I'm more than happy with wins. So tanking for me is never about the draft pick. It's about player development. Um, but yeah, it's their first win streak, and I put that win streak in air quotes because you all know my definition of a streak is is three. Um, but regardless, the first one in two months. And um, the only bad part of this game is, obviously, again, uh, you hope that Mitch is good to go. And uh, you lost Cam Reddish to an injury. He fell pretty bad there, very awkwardly. And uh, we'll see how long that is. And I got a really bad feeling that if he is out for a little bit, that he'll sort of fall out of the rotation because we all know how Thibodeau is. But it was a good, solid victory. I want to talk about it first. Let's head to our second break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. 
So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. You know, I think you got to start with R.J. Barrett. I think you have to start with R.J. because this kid, listen, he's on a roll. Again, 29 points, uh, was it eight or nine rebounds, six assists. Have to love what we are getting from him. We're seeing him grow before our eyes. Obviously, the scoring, right? We talk about the scoring all the time. I love that he's improved his decision-making first and foremost, His drives don't seem to be predetermined anymore. Not to say he doesn't have a plan before he drives, because that's also been one of the things he has improved on. He's just able to readjust when that doesn't go as as planned. You know, he has an excellent idea now. He knows what he wants, and he finds ways to create opportunities on the attack despite not having ridiculous handles or elite athleticism. And this is why he draws so much contact. And gets all these fouls, right? He's making, you know, he'll make those proper rim reads. He sees a help defender shading right. He's going to step left and he'll finish with his strong hand. He sees a guy on the left, same thing. Whether it's that snake dribble, the Euro step, whatever it is, he's finding a way. He's determined to attack the basket with aggressiveness, get to the cup and score. And now he's at 19.2 points per game, folks. He's so close. You know, he's so close to that 20 points per game mark. And hopefully he can get to it by the end of the year. At the very, very, very least, I would like to see him touch 19.5 so we can at least round it off. But he's right there. I would love for him to get that. You know, he averaged 14 as a rookie, uh, 17.7 last year. And right now he's 19.2. So he's improving in increments, man. And um, and again, you know, free throw shooting has a lot to do with his scoring increase of late. Um, lately, he's not leaving points on the board. He's, in his last two games, 11 for 11, 100% at the free throw line. And in his last four games, he's shooting 25 for 29, 86% at the line. This is what we want, man. And hopefully next season, RJ is like this, but not just for a big stretch, but the entire year. Right? He's had some inconsistencies so far each year of his career. I think he's... Excuse me. I think this kid's an all-star if he finds a way to keep this consistency over the course of an entire season. Right? And once, or if, the Knicks ever start to win games again someday... RJ will get even more respect around the league. 
you know, that all-star recognition will be easier to get that way. Shit, Golden One Center last night was cheering the kid's name at the end. And that was despite Randall, uh, despite Randall's 46 spot. You know, so so whose team is it again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but in his passing, like I said, it's not just the scoring. If you watch him, his passing, again, the improvement, it's no longer just the weak side skip pass. No, it, it's the pick and roll passing. It's playmaking in the drive and kick offense. The dump off passing to, to Obi in the short corner or Mitch, same thing. And he's keeping his turnovers at a decent clip, despite the uptick in usage the last few months. Last five games, he's given you 5.6 assists a night. Rounds off to six versus three turnovers during that span. Love the way Barrett's playing. He's growing in front of our eyes. He's really developing into, at least at the very least, a an all-star caliber player. So I think I'm back on board with RJ. There was a bit of a, you know... Not, I wasn't concerned that much, but I was kind of down on him to where I didn't know if I'd be talking about RJ in, in terms of being an all-star. <clears throat> kind of there again, man. I'm there. Um, knock on wood. Knock on, knock on wood. Manuel Quickly was fantastic. 27 points for Quickly. Six rebounds. Four assists. His last seven games... 17 points, almost five and a half rebounds, three assists, and about a steal per game. He's shooting 54% from the field, 49% from three during the span, 96% at the stripe, getting there about four times a night. Hopefully he's turned a corner. It, It was really rough for Quickly for a while there, but he's been flashing a lot of his talent. You know, even last night, he was flashing that layup package. He's getting a lot more paint touches. And so it's not just the floater when he gets into the lane. He's actually laying it up, displaying that elusiveness off the bounce. You know, by getting into the lane and finishing, drawing contact in many creative ways. Besides those cheap fouls that he used to do last year. Right, he's not getting them this year, but he's still finding ways to get to the line lately. Using, you know... Excellent screeners like Taj to get to the rim. He had a great take from the high pick and roll in this game with Taj. Um, He had that excellent scoop laying off the glass in the fourth quarter. Some step backs when he was, uh, when Sabonis was switched on to him 1v1. And that's one of the positives of playing IQ with great screeners like Taj and even Randall. You know, it helps him, it helps him ISO, um, helps him ISO those mismatches. You know, when bigs are switched on to him uh, prior to his screen or, or after his screen. Um, and, you know, last night, season high in points, 27. The night before, his third highest season total in points. And I think a lot of that has to do with playing Deuce alongside IQ. Deuce being on the floor just as a guard to begin with, forget the shooting upside he has, it helps quickly. Right? It helps space out the floor for quickly and guys like RJ. It helps quickly realize that he's not out there, you know, primarily to play point guard. So he doesn't have to have that mentality, that burden of running primary playmaker when out there. He could just focus on getting buckets, and that helps with RJ running the on-ball reps too. Right, quickly can now just focus on getting buckets and the assists for last night, six the other night before that, 
they'll just come naturally. So, you know, whether or not he's a point guard, not a point guard, combo, whatever, we should keep running him out there on the ball so, you know, to close the season so we at least get answers and let him to continue developing that part of his game. So I like the way uh, Manuel quickly has played. Deuce McBride, again, I'll give him credit. I know he didn't really score. He only had two points. Um, his offense is pretty non-existent at the moment. But that's, you know, <coughs> excuse me, that's part of playing prospects. You're going to go through the ups and downs. And also, that's honestly Thibodeau's directive at the moment. You know, the way he's running his offense, you're just seeing Deuce stand in the corner off the ball. But you look at Deuce and the way he plays defense. That's what's going to keep earning him these minutes. He had 20 more minutes last night. He is diving on the floor. Uh, full court pressing. Active hands in the passing lane. He is a solid point of attack defender. And that's something the Knicks need. You know, he's very capable of defending those smaller pick and roll ball handlers or those iso ball handlers. Um, you know, with... with limited responsibility to be that uh, help defender. Let him focus on playing man-to-man D, and he's pretty damn solid that way. Good POA defender. Um, and, he, and he, you know, at the end of that game, he lobbed one up for RJ. That was really cool. So the other night you had RJ throwing one up to Jericho. Last night you had Deuce throwing one to RJ in the final two minutes. So you got to love it. And credit to Tips because he's finally playing the kits. Has he figured it out? Who knows? You know, injuries, I'm sure, are a part. But lately, he's been giving the youth their fair share of burn. Although, I would have liked to see Sims get a little more burn last night with how short we are on bigs and how well he's been playing and rebounding and running the floor. (coughs) But all else, um, nothing to complain about. It's been great the last couple nights. He's mixing and matching. That lineup to start the second quarter was a sight to see. Deuce, IQ, RJ, Cam, and Taj. He had RJ playing the four in some small ball lineups with Randall. I love that. It was Deuce, IQ, Burks, RJ, Randall at one point. A lot of IQ and RJ together. That's great. And that's that to me says something, having RJ play the four. Because we know how hesitant that Thibodeau's been all year to play small ball with that top and Randall front court. But with topping out, Cam down, maybe this is something we see and get to experiment with more at the moment. RJ and Randall at the 4-5, you know. Keep an eye on that, and I like that. I, I think you can have, you create a lot of mismatches that way. You can outrun a lot of teams that way, which is one of the things we need to start doing more. Um, but yeah, and he even closed the game. with the, He deuced play the entire fourth quarter for a second consecutive night. So instead of having Fournier out there or Burks out there at the one, we have Deuce out there. And again, I'm fine with that, even if he's not scoring. I'd rather have Deuce standing in the corner because at least, unlike those two, he gives you that high-energy defense. So overall, it was a nice game, a nice win. Glad to see the Knicks play well. Glad to see RJ and Randall both play well together for a rare game. Still, going forward... I still do think it'd be nice to to stagger the two a little more. And uh, we'll talk about that when we get back from break. Um, Stay with us. Be right there. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review. 
if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. So, yeah, like I said, uh, welcome back to the show. I would like to see, going forward, I still want to see if Tibbs can stagger the two. For a few reasons. Um, one, simply, you know, the obvious being they just don't mesh too well together. We're talking about R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle. You know, R.J. is at his best when he's getting on-ball reps. And Randle obviously likes to operate with the ball in his hands, in the post, you know. Uh, and I was reading an article with Randall on the floor per 36 minutes RJ's averages are 19.6 rebounds, 3 assists 40% field goals without Randall on the floor per 36 minutes RJ's averages averages are 26 6 and 4 on 46% now keep in mind this was before last night but I don't think it will fluctuate that much with RJ on the floor, Randall, 18, 10, and 5 on 41% per 36. Without RJ on the floor, Randall, 22, 10, and 5 on 43%. They don't play too well together. We know that. There have been very few games where the Knicks have won and both of these two have scored 20 plus, 25 plus. Also, this keeps one scorer, if you stagger them, it keeps one scorer on the floor at all time for the Knicks. Right? I, th- I think, you know, with a lot of scorers this year underachieving, Fournier's been inconsistent, Quickly's been inconsistent, Burks has been inconsistent, keep going. You don't have a point guard. The Knicks would always have one scorer on the floor to attack a defense. RJ helps with that second unit. Especially, he helps them play better. You know, Cam is a guy who likes to run. Obi is a guy who likes to run. RJ likes grabbing that board and going coast to coast. Randall plays slow. He likes the half-court game. Now, maybe playing Randall with some of that second unit would help Randall run, kind of force him to. But, you know, RJ and Cam, they played that run-and-gun style at Duke. 
You know, with Randall out there with Cam, often you'll see Reddish just hidden in the corners. Just another floor spacer. RJ is always getting Mitch going in the high pick and roll. Randall isn't that type of passer. And also, you know, like I say, if you play Randall with the bench more like we talked about earlier... Emmanuel quickly can play better. He's he's you know Randall is an excellent screener for guys like quickly. That helps IQ get into those mismatches and you know take advantage of the of the switch. And it'd be great to get that one Obi is healthy to get that Obi Randall lineup, the four or five that we've been asking for. <laughs> but you know who knows? Randall's a good passing big. Obi's a good finishing big. You could see them running the floor on the wings together. That'd be nice. But, it, you know, for right now, it is definitely a good step upwards for Tibbs, who is starting to play the kids more. Hopefully this is something we continue to see going forward. I don't know. When everybody gets healthy, I'm not so sure. Because this is who Thibodeau is. In fact, excuse me, I am kind of sure. I think it's got to go back to the to the norm. Once everyone is, health, is healthy, because you still have, you know, Mitch just got the illness. Cam went down. Grimes is still out. Derek Rose is out. A lot of guys are out. Noel, he's going to want to play his vets. He's obviously going to play Rose. I don't know if Rose is going to be back. But, yeah, it's... At least right now, the positive you can take from this is that maybe Thibodeau, seeing these prospects go out there and play well and play defense, more importantly and win games, more importantly, because those are two things he loves, defense and wins. Seeing them actually produce wins by playing defense, maybe that'll influence his decisions going forward with the rotation. You know? Maybe it'll give him a little bit of a, of a what do you call it? Um, an epiphany as a head coach. I don't know. But that's it. That's all. Brief recap. I know I did not recap the uh, Clippers win. I wish I could have, but... These, these West Coast games, these 10 p.m. games where they end at like 1 o'clock, I can't, I can't stay up sometimes to do them. So I just I, I went straight to bed. That's why I'm recording this one the next day. But I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Episode 335 of BD4. We'll head to our final break. When we get back from break, we'll get to our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day to wrap this thing up. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
All right. So, um, setting this up here. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day to wrap this thing up, and that'll be that, guys. Let's get to it. So for this episode, in episode 335, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is, which Nick led the NBA in free throw percentage in the 2002-2003 season? Which Nick led the NBA in free throw percentage in the 2002-2003 season? Let me say that one more time. Which Nick led the NBA in free throw percentage in the 2002-2003 season? So let me know the answer, whether that be on Facebook, Instagram, commenting on YouTube, wherever. Wherever you can reach out to me, let me know the answer. If you get it correct, I will let you know you got it correct and give you a shout out in the next episode. If you get it incorrect, but at least attempt to guess the answer... I will let you know the answer in the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, guys. Again, episode, <clears throat> Jesus Christ, <laughs> episode 335 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, and we also do MMA now, too. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and that's it for this one. I'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.